Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Paul Stoltz, former professional kicker who spent way too much time in the offensive film room. And I'm Anthony LaFreary, an award-winning sports reporter whose heart goes out to Dak Prescott right now. Some brutal stuff with, with Dak Prescott, which we'll get into shortly. Obviously, on the flip side of that, I got goosebumps this weekend watching Alex Smith. And real quick before we start, if you don't already know, on Twitter, on Instagram, at FCK Podcast, uh, on YouTube, which is possibly what you're listening to, or at Apple Podcasts right now. So let's get started, Anthony. We're going to do a quick rundown from the weekend to begin. Then we're going to get into our buy low, sell high guys this week. And then we're going to, of course, end with our top five waiver wire recommendations. So to start off, we had the Rams and the Washington generic football team. Uh, The Rams won this game early and often with Aaron Donald with four sacks. Uh, Both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods contributed a little bit, but nothing magical there. Uh, The Pittsburgh-Philadelphia game, you got the big run out of Sanders, and Chase Claypool obviously was just a monster. We may talk about him later. Arizona stuck with their air raid offense, which against the Jets, you could have run any offense and it would have beaten them. Raiders, just an incredibly impressive victory. Great performance from Carr. Josh Jacobs was excellent. Houston Texans showed a lot of life once they got rid of Bill O'Brien. Brandon Cooks finally woke up and gave us a monster game. Houston Texans from Cooks to Fuller to David Johnson are now startable uh, with, with that new look offense. Lamar Jackson looked okay. Still not seeing uh, 2019 Lamar. The Cincinnati Bengals in that game looked pretty mediocre. Uh, Mixon, though, we did see getting more receptions, and he had a 70% carry share even late in the game, which is which is encouraging. Panthers beat the uh, Falcons. Dan Quinn is finally out, uh, released of his duties as head coach for the Falcons. Uh, Ridley was like a one-man show there. Matt Ryan really was just forcing the ball, and Matt Ryan's just not going through his progression, and he's just not looking too good. Mike Davis continues to be phenomenal for the Panthers. Fitz magic was Fitz magic once again. Uh, I don't know what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo, but he was pathetic. Uh, C.J. Beathard looks to possibly maintain his job as the starting quarterback there. He might be worth a waiver wire ad as well. So that's it for our, our rundown section. But uh, I wanted to take a second, and I'll let Anthony do it since it's his favorite team, to address the fantasy relevance of Dak Prescott's injury and how how that affects uh, those who are Dak Prescott owners, as well as those who are owners of Zeke or Amari Cooper or uh, C.D. Lamb or Michael Gallup. Thanks, Paul. So as far as the fantasy impact of this goes, we'll start right with Dak owners at the quarterback position. If you have Dak, you got to pick up Andy Dalton and see what he does. Zeke owners, I think you're going to be okay. If anything, I think they're going to rely on Zeke on the ground more, so maybe that'll help. Maybe he'll even catch a few more balls. Where I'm really worried is the Cowboys wide receiver. Amari Cooper has a tendency to disappear in entire games, which is pretty much what he did yesterday. Uh, Michael Gallup, he seems to be hit and miss as well. Really the most consistent Cowboys receiver this year has been C.D. Lamb, And while I I was feeling more and more confident about him being a solid wide receiver too, now we got to figure out his chemistry with Andy Dalton. So I would say hold on CeeDee Lamb, 
hold on Michael Gallup, but if there's an offer there for Amari Cooper, I would seriously consider taking it right now. And Dalton Schultz, he's going to be a safety valve. He's a hold right now, but if someone wants to buy high and you could sell high, definitely make that move too. Yeah, I think that was really helpful, Anthony. Andy Dalton's success is also going to be dependent on how healthy that offensive line gets. If Andy mm-hmm. Dalton it does have time to throw, that offense is so darn talented that he is going to be fantasy relevant. I would say rule of thumb, he's probably going to be about 80% of what Dak is able to do. If you want an alternative to Andy Dalton and you don't trust the O-line and you don't t- trust trust the red rifle or the beige water pistol, as, as he's come to be known in, later in his career, then some of the guys that are under 50% owned uh, in, in ESPN leagues that you could look to pick up are Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, and Justin Herbert. Those all are worth are, are definitely worth a look right now if you're not comfortable with Andy Dalton. Yeah, I like all three of those ads, but at the same time, I'm not completely dismissing Andy Dalton because it took him a little bit of time to settle in there, but he made a couple of throws down the stretch that were excellent throws. So he's definitely worth a flyer if you've already invested in Dak. Absolutely. Well said, Anthony. All right, let's roll on to our buy low, sell high section. We're going to start with one sell high player each. Anthony, why don't you hit him with your, with your sell high guy? Well, Paul, you're going to say I'm unimaginative, but I'm going to double down on Russell Wilson. As you may recall, I had Russell Wilson as my sell high guy last week. He had another pretty darn good week. Again, I still think that his value is absurdly high. Yes, he's still probably going to finish as the top overall quarterback, but if you could still get a top-tier quarterback and net yourself an RB2 or a wide receiver 2 or something along those lines, I think it's still worth doing. Let, let me take this one step further. If you have Russell Wilson and somebody in your league – who has probably a pretty good, pretty deep roster, has Dak Prescott on their team, and you have a good backup quarterback, you may be able to earn a haul that drives you all the way through the playoffs. Fantasy football is a mathematical game. And if you can gain points at tight end, at wide receiver two, at running at RB2, in exchange for a Russell Wilson, where maybe you only go down 10 points, but gain four points a game from three different positions, that's a win. And that could be the difference between making the playoffs and not, or taking a long run in the playoffs. So my sell high guy is Daryl Henderson. Everyone is still raving about him. He looks pretty good on film. I'll admit that. I have watched a lot of Daryl Henderson film in the last week, and I've actually bought in after not being into him in the first, uh, in the first part of the season. But if you ask most people about how he played yesterday, most people watch red zone or see stats and how much he scored. And they would think that he had a fantastic game because he had two touchdowns. But if that's all people are seeing, and I think that's the perception of him right now, then they would be wrong. Because yesterday, Henderson was only 15 carries for 38 yards, very inefficient. Cam Akers came back, and Cam Akers, who is in my mind, who they want to take over the starting job. And guess what? 
Akers was nine for 61, over six yards per carry. Again, Henderson was like two and a half yards a carry. And on top of that, Malcolm Brown was eight carries for 30 yards. So he's still there. So we're now in a three-man backfield where Henderson's uh, carry share will continue to diminish as Akers gets more and more healthy. So if you have Henderson in your, in your lineup right now, I would be selling tomorrow on Daryl Henderson. Yeah, Paul, you're right. There's just too much competition in that backfield, and boy genius McVay is going to take advantage of that too. Yeah, I mean, 32 carries last week between the three running backs. Uh, again, the last two games, they've gotten out to early leads and just run the ball a lot. They're gonna be in, their division is incredibly competitive, and they're going to start divisional play in the next few weeks. And, uh, and, and Goff is going to start throwing the ball more and more, and it's going to continue to diminish Henderson and Akers and Malcolm Brown. And Henderson is not the best uh, – out of the three, Henderson is not the best pass blocker. So he is not going to be used as much uh, in games where they're going to be throwing and playing from behind. All right, Anthony, let's shift over to our buy low section. Last week, uh, I think we both nailed DJ Moore on our buy low section. Unfortunately, if, if you missed that boat, it, that ship has sailed seemingly. But uh, I also want to reiterate that we have DeAndre Swift in that section from last week. So if you haven't listened to our waiver wire episode from, from week four, you'll hear me talk about DeAndre Swift, who was on buy this week. So you could still buy low on him. Again, my take was that he's going to be the Miles Sanders of last year with a late surge and taking over that starting role. But, and I'll let you start it off. Who is your first buy low for this week? Well, before I really get into that too, I'd like to also mention another guy you had on there, Paul, is Lamar Jackson. And statistically, it was actually his worst week of the season last year. So I feel like last you've got to keep him on that list one more one more week. If you can get him, great, and and you might be able to get him at a discount right now. I'm with you, Ant. He is even more of a buy low now than he was last week. Indeed. So my first uh, buy low guy, Raheem Mostert. Uh, I know it sounds a little crazy to recommend a, a Shanahan running back, especially in a crowded backfield, but he just got back from injury. The knee held up. He only got 10 touches because they somehow fell behind to Miami, but he still got 91 yards. So I expect his role is probably going to expand, and he's a solid RB2, maybe even borderline RB1 if things continue to pan out that way. I love that one, dude. First of all, Mostert, along with Tyreek Hill, are probably the two fastest players in the league. That outside zone is incredible. George Kittle as a blocker is literally like having a sixth lineman out there. And uh, if they can establish more of a passing attack, which they will over time, Mostert is going to get more and more carries and see less and less uh, six, seven, eight-man boxes. That's a really good one, Ant. My first buy-low candidate, is Tyler Lockett. Ooh. Tyler Lockett is now coming off of two bad games. One of those games was, of course, on Sunday Night Football, which, where most people watched it. And L Tyler Lockett owners 
who are not privy to the nuances of football would watch that game and say, yeah, Tyler Lockett sucked. He blew the game for me. And they would be totally wrong. What happened in last night's game is that the Vikings were playing a too high safety approach. And when you play a too high safety approach, a player like Lockett gets contained in his deep routes. What's going to happen and what we've seen in the past is that Russ then adjusts the game plan on subsequent weeks and gets Lockett the ball underneath. And he's going to become more of a PPR guy and less dependent on the big play. And Lockett to me just seems like a more dependable receiver between himself and, and DK Metcalf. So I'm, I'm with you on that one, buddy. Yeah, Metcalf, look, he did go to Metcalf late when they needed the big play. But in Metcalf's first four games of the year, he only had four catches in each game. I think he only had five or six last night. Lockett still has the majority of the targets there. And I'm not ready to totally anoint DK Metcalf as their number one yet. Uh, although he looks phenomenal the last couple of weeks and Russ is going to him more and more. So we'll see. But just because Metcalf is, is, is potentially the lead dog does not make Lockett irrelevant. In fact, it probably makes him more valuable. Indeed. Who's your second guy? Ant? My, my, my second guy. And I'm actually kind of going to defer to you on this because it was you that put this kernel in my head way back long ago. <laughs> and that's Terry McLaurin. And the reason I like Terry McLaurin is I have a feeling Alex Smith is going to get that starting job within the next few weeks. And if that could be the case, Paul, tell him what you think McLaurin could do with Alex Smith as QB1. Yeah, I think – when did I say it? I, I said it in – said this in the preseason, dude. Yeah. Uh, when it, Look, Alex Smith – out of those three quarterbacks there, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith is the only one who knows how to, how to go through a progression. But the reason McLaurin was so successful with Haskins is Haskins would just lock on to him, right? What Alex Smith is going to do is he's going to involve more receivers early in his game plan. And that's going to take double teams away from McLaurin. McLaurin was putting up those numbers with safety help, with double teams coming, I think, that's a really good point, Anthony. Uh, Alex Smith will be able to distribute the ball better to McLaurin and take better advantage of his talent. My second by low guy is Cooper Cup. And what I said when I was talking about Henderson is that they just had two cupcake matchups that got them up in the game early. And so they didn't need to use the full Sean McVay jet motion uh, play action offense that cup excels at. So the sentiment on cup who basically for five weeks now is five for 50, maybe he gets a touchdown as they play in division, right? Which again is the Cardinals. That's a shootout. The 49ers, they'll get healthy and better. That's a potential shootout. And the Seahawks always a shootout. You get to take major advantage of Cooper cup. I love the potential there. I would even throw Robert Woods in there, but I think Cooper Cup's ceiling is higher. Yeah, Paul, you're, you're right on that one. I, I don't see the Rams running 32 times a game for the rest of the season. Cup is his safety valve. He's going to get him involved, and he's going to put up bigger numbers as a result of it. 
All right, Ant, time for our last section. We are going to give you all our five waiver wire recommendations for the week. We are obviously not including the Tuesday uh, game between the Bills and the Titans, so this will be for the Sunday night games, and we are including the Monday night games. So, uh, Anthony, hit him with your five through two. Our qualification to be on this list is that the player is 50% owned or less in ESPN fantasy football. Okay. Just before I get into my top five, I just want to do a quick honorable mention to Alexander Madison. Just because we don't know Dalvin Cook what the deal is right now, keep an eye on that. If something is wrong with Dalvin, uh, moderate to long term, his value is going to skyrocket. But so, number five, I got Chase Edmonds. He's a PPR guy and he gets the Dallas defense next week. Worth the spot start. Number four, Nelson Algalor. Number three, I have Chase Claypool. Number two, I have Travis Flugnam. 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 I can't say his name right. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll just elaborate on, on, on Travis there for a second. Travis touchdown. I'm going to start calling. Claypool stole the show in the Steagles Bowl there, but – I think Travis touchdown has the biggest upside from the game. He had 10 for a buck 52 and a couple of scores. And unlike Chase Claypool, there's really no other competition at wide receiver for targets. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the only other guy there at the moment is Greg Ward, but they were not going to Greg Ward in the fourth quarter, but I'm with you. They just kept, Wentz just kept, firing the ball to Fulgham and Lady was literally not even looking at anybody else. He was just throwing it over the top to him. That's a good ad. Travis Fulgham is my number three, Anthony. Nice. All right. My number five, I've got Damian Harris. He's a little forgotten this week who ran for over a hundred yards in the absence of Sony Michelle. I think Belichick, he's been looking for a replacement and Damian Harris in his first uh, multi-touch real game last week showed us he could do it. Number four, I did put Andy Dalton. I'm guessing you have him at one, but we'll see. Number three, Travis Fulgham. And number two, uh, Chase Claypool. Again, the reason Claypool is not number one for me is simply because he's in competition for targets with Juju Smith-Schuster, with Ebron potentially, with James Washington, and with Deontay Johnson still. Anthony, who you got as your number one waiver ad? Is it Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton is indeed my number one. Like I said, the way I see it, there's too many weapons for him to fail. He made a couple really nice throws down the stretch. Like I said, I consider him a QB2 solidly the rest of the way with possible QB1 potential. And I think the Cowboys are constantly going to be throwing towards the end of the game because their defense couldn't stop anything. Fair enough. I won't argue with it. At this point in the season, with all the injuries to running backs, having a startable running back is valuable. And Justin Jackson, I think he's startable. What we know for sure is that they do not trust Josh Kelly in pass blocking. And what we saw in the fourth quarter was Josh Kelly went away and Justin Jackson was in there. Now, he kind of does this weird hip shift and bobs his head every time he cuts. But he's a PPR guy, and they like him more in the Eckler role. He's got more opportunities in space than Josh Kelly, and Josh Kelly just 
hasn't produced from a yards per carry standpoint. If you need a flex in the next few weeks while Eckler is out, I do believe Justin Jackson is very startable right now. Yeah, I'm with you there, Paul. I I, I watched uh, the tail end of that Monday night game, and I what really stood out to me there was how well Justin Jackson was playing. So as long as Eckler's out, he's the man in L.A. Well, that'll do it for our week six waiver wire ad and trade episode. Uh, again, at FCK Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. On Saturday, we will be releasing our 15 games in 15 minutes episode. Uh, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or uh, on YouTube so that you can be notified of those. On Sunday, lastly, Anthony will be going live. We had a really good session this past Sunday where everybody came on and gave us their start sick questions and we were able to answer them. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone, and have a great week.